We're going to go to Second uh, Timothy. Um, kind of just we've been over the last, you know, well, since the beginning of the year, been talking about uh, walking stress-free. Amen. Living stress-free. Amen. And uh, so I'm kind of on a little bit of a mandate from God, and the Spirit of God gave me a you know a theme for tonight. And sometimes you know He gives you a verse, sometimes it's a title, sometimes it's a theme, you know, but. And tonight he gave me a theme, and we're going to talk about avoiding uh, comparisons, amen. And I don't know, even though I've touched on that subject a lot of times, I've never really done a whole service on it. And so we're going to do that tonight. But let's start with our opening key verse here in 2 Timothy 3 and 1. And it says, but know this, everybody say know this, this. amen. So obviously you need to know this, right, or he wouldn't tell you that. I mean, I don't think he wastes words when it comes time to the scriptures, amen. So know this, that in the last days, or as days progress, Amen. Perilous times will come. All right. Now, the word perilous, again, difficult, uh, fierce or ferocious. Amen. Or furious, in other words. Uh, But it means the reducing of strength or reducing the strength of or times of stress. Amen. So times of stress or the reducing of strength. Um, So uh, anytime stress is on is is there. Guess what? It's automatically going to start reducing strength. And it's amazing how it can. It can deplete you of strength real fast. So anyway, in this text, um, we're not by any means going to go back through all of this, but um, when we first started this, we took this whole text in 2 Timothy 3 and kind of went by line upon line, uh, you know, word after word, you know, just kind of looking at it. And what we found out, you know, is that it's a, you know, anytime that they're self-serving or self-striving, there's going to be stress. All right? So, uh, in fact, uh, you know, in this Thing. He, talks about, uh, he talks about men being lovers of themselves, and it goes on all the different things, and then it goes down talking about they're a lover of pleasures rather than a lover of God. The idea is to be more of a lover of God than a lover of self or anything else for that matter. Amen. But anytime, anytime you get to a place where it's about self-serving or self-striving, in other words, it's all about you or it's all about you doing, Okay, you know, it's all about your strength, your ability, and, and you're going to handle this. Anytime you, get, you go down that road, uh, you've just got a wide open door for stress, all right? And we're not called to live uh, in stress. We, you, your body wasn't designed to live in stress, amen? We as Christians should walk free from stress. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say we could use a little bit more f- stress-free stuff. Come on. Hallelujah. Is that right? Amen. So that's what we've been talking about. So... Uh, today, though, we're going to go uh, kick this thing open, and we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10 is where we'll start. And uh, did you come with ears to hear tonight? Yeah. All right. 2 Corinthians 10. Hallelujah. And uh, as I said, we're going to talk about avoiding comparisons, um, and, and I'll explain that here in a minute. So verse 12 of chapter 10 says this, that for we dare not, in other words, uh, we, we wouldn't be so bold as to say this is what it means, Uh, We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves, in other words, comparing, uh, you know, one to another uh, and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Everybody say it's not wise. In other words, it's a foolish thing to do this. All right. And so if you kind of look at this real quick, uh, to class ourselves uh, literally means uh, to judge or to make of the number. In other words, you're going you're gonna, to you know, look at somebody and you're classifying them where they should be. And so uh, the word compare then uh, is a word that means to judge. All, it also means to judge, but it means a, to judge a thing or a person with another by way of contrast or resemblance. So what he's talking about here is dealing with uh, you know, stacking somebody up and then stacking yourself up to them and then trying to, you know, through that data, so to speak, come up with a verdict on where you stand, where they stand. All right? There's nothing wrong with comparing. If you might look at a couple lives, you might look at a couple different things, and you're comparing a one to another, and you, through that you can, you can decipher that, you know, uh, by living for God, this is what happens. By not living for God, this is what happens, you know. But when you start stacking another individual and, and, and yourself together and you start measuring where they stand versus where you stand, that could, that could be a, a bad thing. Are you still with me? Okay, so let's read the rest of this and then uh, kind of come back to this. So, uh, we, however, verse 13, will not boast beyond measure 
Uh, it says, uh, but within the limits or the measure uh, of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. So this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He's talking about a sphere of influence or a sphere of authority. And he's just saying, listen, there's the people out there, they kind of all stack themselves up and they kind of line themselves up by comparing one to another. But he says, I ain't going to go there. That's a foolish thing to do. And he says, I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. And my sphere of influence includes uh, the, those that I'm writing to right now, you know. And so that's what he's saying. So he goes on to say, for we are not over extending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. In other words, sphere of influence, all right? But, uh, or pardon me, verse 16, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Come on, in other words, it's up to God to determine where you line up. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, we can sit all day and try to analyze, you know, where we stack up with everything. But really, when it comes right down to it, it's God who commends. It's God uh, himself who approves. It's God, amen, who who's, uh, determines where you line up, amen? Not by you comparing yourself to somebody. Now, there's a lot of danger in that. We'll touch on some of that. But, uh, you know, you got two ends of the spectrum on this thing. You could be over here comparing yourself and, uh, you know, you can think you're, you're higher than the next guy. Come on, somebody. I mean, no, that ain't good, right? You're putting yourself above somebody. Or you could be over here comparing yourself and putting yourself beneath them. That ain't good either. Neither one of them are accurate. Are you still with me? And so just for anyway, when in, in the context that he's talking about, to even sit here and try to judge yourself based on another individual, ain't even gonna, it, it's just a wrong, it's, it's like apples and oranges. All right, we're going to see that here in a minute. And, and uh, even though we have similarities, you know, the scripture talks about we've been made in his similitude, but we've also, amen, been given a sense of diversity because no two people are alike. So to stack that person up and then try to judge them and then to turn around and then stack yourself up to them is just wrong. Are you still with me? Amen. So why is this being brought out? Well, because... There's probably one of the quickest ways to get yourself in stress is trying to be something you're not. Trying to, you know, be something that, you know, trying to make yourself something you're not. Come on, somebody. Trying to measure up, you know, uh, when, when all along you're already, you're already accepted. You're already in. You're already, come on, somebody. You know, you see, you hear me? All right. So with that said, let's kind of look at some uh, things. Let's go to... Uh, uh, put Romans, uh, Romans chapter 12 up there, verse 3 through 5. Let's read through this, and then uh, just kind of, uh, we'll kind of work through this, and then I'm, I've got about a couple different times we're going to shift gears in the middle of this. Uh, so verse 3 says this, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to, to think soberly. In other words, not the word soberly just means not under the influence of anything. Okay, And it's not talking about you know, alcohol or that kind of thing. It's, it's dealing with the fact, you know, you're, you're seeing something, you're hearing something, you're thinking something, and you're not, you're not, you're, you're under the influence of, of wrong thoughts or wrong thinking. Come on, somebody. And so he's saying here, don't think, you know, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, amen, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, we've used that a lot of times in teaching on faith, but then verse 4 in context, he goes on to say, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So he's talking about the body. Let me get to the text here, even in my Bible here. <clears throat> so, so anyway, uh, for, as many, uh, for as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. See, it's apples and oranges. When you start trying to compare yourself with people, because... You know, first off, you know, God's working something in them, doing something with them, come on, as, as well as you. And then so it just doesn't pay to, you know, why think about yourself above somebody or beneath somebody? When we're all got a different kind of a calling, we all have a different kind of uh, thing working in us. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, now there's, we're going to, you know, we're going to give you the other side of the coin of this here in a little bit. But verse 5, let's look at that too, verse 5. So we being many are one body 
in Christ and individually members of one another. So we're all part of one body, but we're still individuals. Amen. We still have different callings. Let's put, uh, uh, give me, uh, let's see, is it 1 Corinthians? Is that what I did? I don't know if I gave you that one or not. 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah, there we go. 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. That's, this is 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18. Now, verse 19, please. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? In other words, it'd be hard to be a body if everybody was just the same thing. Because in comparison, you know, uh, it takes, you know, uh, two hands, two feet, right? Come on, two ears. Come on, somebody. One nose. Come on now. Uh, the point is, is they saying that, listen, if everybody was the same thing, it'd be an awful freaky body. Come on, right? All right. So anyway, praise God. Verse, uh, verse 20. Praise God. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Amen. So, you know, we're, there's diversity. All right. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. And so just, just the, the element of trying to compare yourself, when, when it really comes down to it, we're not, uh, we're not, we're not the same. Still with me? You know, a lot of times it's, it's a trap. It's really, a, well, the way the Spirit of God gave it to me, it's a, it's a stumbling block. You know, you, you compare and then pretty soon you're trying to, you know, trying to be something you're not. You're trying to, uh, you know, or, or, you're, or you're depressed because you're not measuring up. And so you come under that thing. And either way, it's just a stumbling block. How did he? Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, depending on who you're stacking yourself up with, you could be, you could be comparing or comparison to compromise. That's, you know, think about that. The person you're comparing yourself to might be in reverse. Just think it. Okay, so you're, you're looking at them thinking, you know, well, I, I'm at least better than them. Well, they could be in reverse. They could be compromising their life. And, you know, just to say you're better than them, that's, that may not be good. Come on now. Just kind of, you know, throwing that in there. But amen. So the idea is, you know, uh, you know, not to, not to, you know, somehow commend yourself where you're at or uh, somehow belittle yourself where you're at. Neither one of those things are good. It's God who commends. Amen. It's God who's working on you. Amen. It's the God on the inside of you. Amen. So you don't have to somehow stack yourself up or measure yourself or somehow or another, uh, you know, compare yourself to other people. Amen. To make yourself, you know, fit somewhere. You okay with that one? Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, it could, go, it could go both ways. You can get pride and arrogant about stuff. But uh, I find that most people, that's not always the case. Most of the time they're, they're beating themselves up because they, you know, they don't feel like they measure up or something. But, uh, but it, does, it does go on both sides, no doubt. Amen. Uh, but uh, let's put, uh, put John 21. Let's go to John 21. All right. And let's look at this because... Remember, it's God uh, who uh, commends. It's God who's going to, uh, you know, going to really, it's, it's, it's him that's going to tell you where you're at. Amen. Aren't you glad it's him talking to you about it? Amen. I'd rather have him talk to me than anybody else. Come on, somebody. He goes a little easier on me. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Now, uh, in context, John 21, uh, what has happened um, Jesus has a conversation with, G, or with Peter, um, and so Jesus is talking to him about, you know, do you love me, Peter? And, of course, you know, that whole scenario, uh, you know, yeah, I love you, Lord, and, and uh, well, then, you know, feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? He kind of, you know, three times he went at him, and, and, uh, and it kind of made, you know, Peter had to kind of take a look inward, an inward look, and, and there's a lot of word study on that. We've touched on that about, I don't know, probably about a month back, I think, in one of the services, um, but then... Um, what happens, Jesus ends that, uh, that part of the conversation with Peter by saying, follow me, all right, follow me. And uh, this word follow means to, to accompany or to keep company with. It means to be in the same way with. In other words, same way in the sense of roadway, pathway, that's what it means. So, so he says, follow me, you follow me, why don't you get in here 
and let me lead you. Let me walk you through this. Amen. Instead of you trying to, you know, do it yourself. Amen. Let me do this. Follow me. Well, then the, right after he says that, then, you know, Peter takes a look over across the room and there's John over there. And so he asks, uh, you know, asks the Lord, well, what about him? You know, right? Come on. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of about where we take it up. And so verse 21 says, Peter seeing, uh, he's talking about John in context, seeing John then, uh, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Amen. Of course, he answered a, a previous statement, but the bottom line, he says, what's that to you? I, I, to me, that right there, it's like, that says it all. What's that to you? Well, what about that guy? Well, what's that to you? What's that to you? Where are you at? You follow me. Amen. It's about, it's about letting him work in you. It's about letting him be the one that commends you. Come on now. Right? It ain't, and so, you know, there's no, no need for you to worry about everybody else. No need for you to, you know, think, you know, for, try to line yourself up or compare yourself with another individual if you're okay or doing all right. Come on. It's about letting God determine that. Still with me? All right, y'all quiet in this Holy Ghost house. All right. If I, uh, he says, what's that to you? You follow me. I always, when I see that, I always, my, my mind always runs, uh, you know, back to, to Matthew's account when uh, Jesus was asking the boys, you know, what's everybody, what's the word out there, you know, about me? And well, they all, well, you know, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're one of the prophets of old. Some say, you know, you're, you're a great guy, a great healer, whatever. goes on and on. And he says, well, you know, it comes right down to what, well, what do you say? Because when it really comes right down to it, there could be a lot of talk out there, a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of this happening, a lot of that happening. But when it really comes right down to it, what really matters is your relationship with him, you and him. Still with me? Now, we're, like I said, we're going to shift gears. All right. So, praise God. Uh, put, if you will now, um, put uh, Colossians 4. Let's go to Colossians 4. <clears throat> Let's look at this now. Still with me? All right, Colossians 4, and we're going to go to verse 17. This is at the end of the letter, and, and say to Archippus, okay, so this is, um, you know, here he is, like I said, talking to the church at Colossae, um, and he, he, he makes a statement here. He says, take heed to the ministry, okay, the calling, the service, the giving of aid, that's the word, that's what he's talking about, the calling of service. So you're, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord. Why? Well, that, that you may fulfill it. That you may finish it, complete it, supply. And so, you know, it just, just that he pulled that out. You know, here he is, he's finished, wrapping up the letter, and then he, he addresses this Archippus, okay, and says, you know, give heed, take heed, give heed to that which God's called you to do. Now, I don't think it was just that he said that uh, to him uh, just for the fact that, you know, um, you know, you just make sure you're staying in God. You know, I think it was more about, I think he was addressing this thing because when you, when you start looking at everything else, then all of a sudden you're not, you're not fulfilling what you're called to do. So he's addressing it. You know, don't, don't worry about anything else. Just take heed to what you've been called to do. And then just and stay with it. Otherwise, you won't fulfill it. I don't want to get to heaven someday and, and then realize that my whole life was spent doing something that I wasn't even called to. That would be depressing. Uh, it says there's not supposed to be any tears in heaven, but gosh, it'd be hard to hold them back. Come on, somebody. So I believe there are things that, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's talking this, you know, sometimes we get a tendency to look at everything else and pretty soon we're not focusing on what we need to be focusing on. Now, we talking about the ministry. I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, we could deal with the ministry itself. I personally, I feel that a major stumbling block for most ministries is the thing we're talking about today. And for pastors or preachers. Too busy comparing yourself to somebody else. You ain't that other person. 
And this ministry ain't some, some other ministry. Come on, somebody. You know, you can, and as we're going to see here in a minute, you know, you can glean and learn things from other men and women of God and, and other ministries and stuff. But when it really comes down to it, this is what you're called to do. And there's a lot of people that spend their time, uh, you know, going around finding everything everybody else does and what works for everybody else and then tries to implement it. And then what are they, now they're stressed out and all weighed at, down and burdened out. Come on, somebody, and burn out and, because they're trying to do everything everybody else does. And the whole time it was like, did God really tell you to do that? I mean, what's working for them? Praise the Lord. We rejoice in that. We, we glean things. Come on, but we're not them. There's some things that work down in the South that would never work here. I'm just saying, okay, you know, and there's some things, not, and that doesn't say that one's right or one's wrong. It's just, you know, following God and doing the God thing, and what's God telling you to do, what's God telling us to do, come on, right? And I've seen a many of pastors who were too busy trying to look at everything else, come on, and try and every, do what everybody else says they should do, and the next thing you know, they're no longer, you know, doing it because they're... They're wore out and beat up and burn out. It happens, and it's pretty frequent. So, you know, that's, so this kind of thing of uh, comparison, I think, is a pretty, pretty big deal. So he's telling this, uh, you know, I hope I pronounced his name right. Someday I might get to heaven and say, dude, you always say my name wrong, <laughs> you know. But Archippus, you know, obviously uh, had his, his eyes on something else. Now, just for the record, this word take heed uh, means to beware, regard, but it means to look on with purpose to see, to pay attention to something, but to look on this with the purpose to see something. Amen. So when he's talking about taking heed, amen, so he's saying, you know, you're not comparing, you, you're learning to take heed right here because it's God who commends. So you look, you look, this is what you're looking inward. There's, because none of us have arrived yet. All right? And it's not a thing where we say, okay, don't compare yourself. Well, that's right. Well, this is the way I am, who I am. It's just the way it is. And no, Stop, stop, because that's, that's, that's going the wrong way, too. Come on, somebody. God still needs to, amen, have an inroad here. That's why he says, you follow me. Let me lead. And I'm just, just going to throw this out here. We'll kind of talk more about it here in a minute. But if, if, if it's God-led, and God-empowered, then it becomes God-like. But anytime it's not God-led or God-empowered, it's probably not going to look anything like it should. Still with me? There's a lot of things that get started, and they're not started necessarily by a leading of God, but just because whatever, we're comparing, so hey, we better try that. And so it was started in the flesh, and anything that started, just hang on, anything started in the flesh, you got to maintain by the flesh. That's why you get wore out and beat up. Done that, been there. Come on. I have the scars. I can show you a few of them. You know, I'm trying to do it because that's, you know, what, the, the going thing or something, you know, and uh, whatever, you know. And uh, I've had a, many a talk with uh, many a pastor who have had the same things. Come on, somebody. And the ones that are still doing it had, you know, saw it, got a handle on it, and just said, let's just do what God says. Amen. And it just works better. You know, part of it is, you know, when you start looking at it all, you know, especially when you're talking about a ministry, God knows who's with you. Come on, somebody. God knows what you got around you. God knows the, the sort, you know, all the, uh, you know, what you have to work with. Come on. And so sometimes it's part of that. I mean, there's sometimes, yeah, he pulls you higher and pushes you a little bit beyond. Come on, because it's by faith. Come on. But when God's leading it, it, it seems to work. What a concept. <clears throat> there's some things we do here nobody else does, and it works for us. And there have been things we've done that didn't work for us. And, you know, you just, you know, hopefully you, you learn and grow and 
make the adjustments and changes. And if you've got to repent, you repent. Praise ye the Lord for the mercy of God. Amen. So I don't want to leave you hanging either. Amen. But uh, it, it can be a major stumbling block for ministries and for ministers. And so I believe he's uh, you know, dealing with this gentleman about that. Uh, with that said, let's look at this thing a little bit more about maybe taking heed to some things. Uh, and it's usually talking about yourself. All right. First Corinthians 10. Put that up there. First Corinthians 10 and verse uh, 12. Thank you very much. In common text here. But uh, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Right. So it's, it's a good idea to take heed to oneself. Stop. Evaluate. Right? Let God. God's one to command. So let God talk. Let God communicate. Let God deal with you. And there's, you know, we've talked through this series even about how many different ways God to communicate and talk. Amen. But, uh, but the idea is that you follow Him. You let God. Amen. Be God. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, let Him take heed. Uh, or, or think, or let, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Amen. I don't want, want to fall no more than you want to fall. Amen. So you have to learn some time to evaluate some things. Is it always fun? Not always. Sometimes you're, you know, at the moment it seems, you know, monkeys off your back. Praise ye the Lord. Get that weight. Maybe cut the backpack off with all the rocks. And sometimes it, it feels very liberating. Uh, but sometimes it ain't so liberating. Sometimes it's, you know, because you, you know, maybe the way you viewed things or the way you've been whatever. You know, you ever been in a, in a rut? <clears throat> so what one brother calls, he calls a rut, a long grave. Sometimes you get in a rut based on where you're at in your walk and maybe you only see things a certain way and then you're just, that's where you're at. And then one day the Spirit of God says, why don't we make an adjustment here? And, you know, to get yourself back out of that rut isn't always real fun. Are you hearing me? But it, it's necessary. But I don't want to be the one to fall or stumble or crash. Come on. So taking heed, amen, is, is, a, is a way to keep, uh, to avoid that kind of thing. All right. Praise God. Put uh, 1 Timothy 4 up there. 1 Timothy 4. Are you still with me? Or am I boring you tonight? 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, put actually verse 16 first. Let's do verse 16 and then just kind of in the context of what we've been dealing with. Uh, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, it says here, uh, continue in them. Everybody say them. So both these things, okay? So it ain't just, uh, you know, it's not just, you know, you know, talking about, you know, what you believe, what you stand, but also taking heed to yourself. You got to continue in that, all right? So that means you always got to be alert and aware, you know, can God speak into you every day? I mean, that's, that's what he's talking about, you know. Uh, continue in them, for in doing this, uh, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. In other words, those that you're going to have influence around. So this is benefiting you and those that you, you have uh, influence over, all right? So take heed yourself, all right? And to doctrine. I, th I think about that, you know, uh, you know, we're not just to, you know, go around and, uh, you know, spew and quote doctrine, but we need to be living it. Come on, somebody. So when he's talking about, you know, uh, taking heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Uh, I believe that's, that's true. We need to be not only, uh, you know, uh, not only do we know about truth, but we should be able to walk in that truth. Right? So, but he says, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Amen. Now back it up to go to like verse 12. Let's do that. All right. Let's just take a look at this. So he's talking to Timothy here. He said, let no one despise your youth. Now this word, uh, uh, youth here, um, uh, it means uh, newness of age, uh, but it, it, it refers to uh, uh, up where you came from. So in other words, let no one despise where you've come from, what you come out of, what you come from, come on, or even age. You can deal with age, obviously. But, uh, so let no one despise that, but no matter where you came from, no matter your age, no matter where you're at in your walk, Come on, somebody. Come on. We are called to be an example, amen, to others, amen. And, yeah, right? Come on. Now, remember, your walk in God, amen, is very personal, but it's never private. Because we're called to be light. We're called to be difference makers. And you could say all day long, well, I don't want people to judge me. Well, then give them something good to look at, right? Come on. Don't, don't just walk around hiding because, you know, somebody's looking at you. 
you got to be out there, be an example. Amen. And, uh, you know, taking heed to yourself, you know, as he ends this text, taking heed to yourself. Amen. And if you do that, then in these areas, if, if you're not where you need to be, then the Spirit of God has an inroad where he can communicate with you, talk with you. Amen. And, and get things working right. Amen. Uh, now, remember, we're not off the subject of the fact that, you know, we're living stress free, you know. When you're letting God be God and you're doing everything because you're being, uh, you know, ministered to by God, He's the one leading, He's the one empowering, guess what? It works. And it does right. Amen. All right. So let no one despise your youth, but be an example, amen, an example to the believers in word. Okay. In other words, with your mouth. That's really what it means. So your, your, your mouth needs to be in check a little bit. Uh, be an example in conduct. just means your actions. Uh, in love, it's dealing with attitude here in this thing. Okay, so, you know, have a right attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, I need that once in a while. Some of that was pretty weak. But anyway, praise God. You ever get, you ever get checked by God on your attitude? Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, in spirit, and that just actually means in spiritual. So it's talking, so it's talking about spiritual movement. Is there, is, God have, is there some spiritual movement going on in your life? Amen. Well, that's a good, that's, you know, worthy of, of looking at, right? Uh, in faith, okay, uh, which, which is referring to, you know, your trust in God. In other words, you can't just say you believe God or trust God. You know, is, is, that, is there an example in your life that, that shows that? Come on now, right? Come on now. So, you know, you say, well, why is all this? Think about this. Uh, you know, it, is, it doesn't matter how you stack up to the next guy. It doesn't even matter how much they're certain. Because some people it's like, well, I, you know, I'm doing better than that guy. <laughs> His life really stinks. And, but my life compared to him, I'm doing pretty good. So then you think, oh, I'm doing okay. Well, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not any much better example. Come on, right? So he's saying regardless, right? Okay, you got to take heed to yourself. So, uh, so in, in, in faith, praise God. In other words, your trust in God. Uh, in purity, uh, this word here, uh, in purity is referring to, um, um, let's see, I've got it down here. In character is what that refers to. So in purity or pureness of character is what that's referring to. So, uh, you know, character is who you are when nobody else is around. You know, that's just the best way to look at it. Well, what kind of, how do you know what kind of character you are? Well, who are you when no one else is around? That's probably your character. Okay, I didn't mean to depress you all. But anyway, <laughs> verse 13, he goes on, till I come, then here we go, give attention to some things, right? To reading, amen, staying in the Word, to exhortation, to doctrine, you know, keep some things in check, praise God. Uh, do not neglect the gift that is in you, all right, which was given to you by prophecy which the, uh, with the laying on of the hands uh, of the eldership. In other words, so Paul, you know, he lets it be known. In fact, both 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, he lets me know, listen, Timothy, I was right there when all this happened. You know it, I know it, so you can't run away from it. All right, so he's letting it be known. Verse 15, meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. And that's, you know, when you stop and you think about that, really that's, you know, uh, if you're letting God be God in your life, there ought to be some progress, and it ought to be evident. <laughs> I, I guess I should have found a different message tonight. Is this y'all doing good or are you just all in thought here? All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So anyway, so, uh, you know, it should be evident. It should be seen. Amen. But but all of this, again, go back to now to verse 16. Put that back on. Take heed to yourself. This is how it works. And to the dog, continue in him for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So in other words, it's about letting God be the one to be able to speak into you, work on you, but you got to give heed to this. you got to give heed to it. And again, let me give you the definition of that, all right? It means to beware of things, regard things. It means to look on with purpose to see, to pay attention to something, to look on with purpose to see. So when you're, when you're stopping and you say, I'm taking a look inward, you know, God's not trying to, you know, trying to condemn you or beat you up, praise God. But God, when you stop to look inward, are, are you looking in order to, to see or to hear, we could even say? Still with me? 
Because sometimes, you know, we just, well, I'm doing okay, and we just kind of move on, you know. And that's where the comparison sometimes can be a problem, all right. But, but the bottom line is that's what it says. So take heed to yourself, all right. Uh, let's see. I want to maybe, uh, what do I want to do here? Um, give me, uh, let's do the Second uh, Corinthians 13, because uh, i got to maybe put a couple more verses here, and then we'll shift gears again. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 says, Examine yourself. There's another way of saying it. Okay, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Right? In other words, are you living what you say you're living? Are you, are you walking what you say you believe? Come on now. Test yourselves. Okay, didn't say you compare yourself. He says, test yourself. You know, you know look inward. That's what the, another way of just saying, take heed. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you Unless, indeed, you are disqualified. All right? So he said, you know, sometimes, you know, remember, be an example. Be a light. Don't, we're not here to condemn, we're not here to, pardon me, we're not here to, uh, to compare you with everybody else. That's not our, it's not what we're about. Uh, but we are to stop and take heed to ourselves, look inward, amen, because that's how it all works. Um, I don't know if I gave you the one out of 1 Corinthians. I give you that one. Uh, uh, chapter 11, I believe it is. Is that right? 1 Corinthians. Um, maybe I didn't give you that one. Uh, common text, judge yourself lest you be judged. Come on, I think it's 1 Corinthians 11. Yep, verse 31, thank you. Uh, for if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now, uh, the reason I threw that one in there is because um, the, word, the first word judged, uh, judge ourselves, and the next word judged are two different Greek words. They're not the same word. Okay, the first one means to stop uh, pause or hesitate, and then discern, all right? And then the next one, judged, means in a judicial fashion or a judicial manner. So in other words, you know, if you don't want everybody to point and, and judge, you know, then learn to stop sometimes. We can, we can avoid a lot of judgment. There's some people that just don't like you, period. It ain't going to matter what you do. They ain't going to like what you do. Come on, somebody. We've all probably experienced that. But, but there's a lot of things, if we would learn sometimes to stop, take heed to ourselves, stop, pause, and discern. You know, get real. Let God work some things, amen? And you probably avoid a lot of judgment. All right, all right, all right. Another one I thought of, I don't think I gave them to him, but in First Peter it talks about, for the time has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. Amen. It starts with us. Come on now. It starts with us. So, um, but again, this ain't by you judging your, or pardon me, it ain't by you comparing yourself one to another. It's by letting God be God in your life. You're not okay just because you lined up, stacked up better than the next guy. Or you're not, you know, not okay. That's a double negative there, but because you didn't think you stacked up to the next guy. All right? So you can't go by any of those things. The idea is that where are you at right now with you and God, and does God have an inroad? Can God communicate to you? Can God move you forward? Can God lead you? Can God direct you? Can God empower you? Uh, can He do that? Does He have a place to do that? Amen. Because what matters is, you know, what, how He sees you. I mean, one day in the end, I mean, that's who we stand with or stand before, right? I mean, I'm not going to stand before you and you're not standing before me. Amen. We're going to stand before him. And, you know, did we, you know, do with what we should have done? You know, did we, did we walk it out? Did we do everything he asked us to do? Or did we avoid it? Or were we always worried about what everybody else thought? Come on, somebody. I don't want to get there and then find out that I, I let everybody else's opinions determine my life. And I don't know if you know this, but I get a lot of opinions. Come on, you do too. You know what it's about. Come on now. Everybody's got an opinion on something, especially when you ask them, they'll give it to you. Come on now. And some will give them to you without even asking. But anyway, the point is, it isn't about what everybody else thinks, and we don't have to stack ourselves against anybody. The bottom line is, 
we're part of the body, they're part of the body, amen, hope everything works for them, and we want to do everything we're called to do so it all works for us, amen, and when it all comes down to it, will God, can God have an inroad in me to lead me, empower me, walk me through this thing, amen, so I can get to the end, praise God, and one day say, well, hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant, where I can say, I ran my race, I finished my course, oh, hallelujah, cha-ching, come on, somebody, amen, amen. right, right? Amen. That's what we all want. All right, so again, shifting gears here. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> and so when, when this uh, began uh, working in me a few days ago, um, uh, he began to talk to me some more about this thing about excellence. And uh, this is a pretty good place just to kind of put this in there because, again, it's, it's God who commends. And, um, and I, I'm kind of coming at this thing from, from a couple different angles here. Um, but it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Come on, say so he gives it to us, right? Right? Everybody say, thank you, God. Right? Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Here we go. Therefore, my beloved brethren, this is 1 Corinthians 15, all right, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, a word abounding here is kind of the key word here because it deals with excellence. It means to go beyond, to exceed, to surpass over and above, to excel or doing one's best, okay? Are you with me? So sometimes, you know... Um, uh, you know, if we're doing, we're letting God be God and God walk us through things, then this thing here should be happening, that we're always abounding. We're excelling. Come on. Now, the reason, uh, a couple of the reasons, but one of them being, um, you know, it's about raising the bar. I think if God has an inroad in your life, I think God... I think the, the bar ought to be always raising. Come on. But it's not raising because you're comparing yourself to everybody else and just trying to do better than everybody else. That becomes a lot of work. Come on, somebody. It's about letting God lead, letting God direct, letting God be God in your life, taking heed to your life. And if you're doing that, you automatically become the head, not the tail, and above only and not beneath because he's the one, you know, dealing with your life, right? You right? Right? The author and finisher, right? Amen. So anyway, praise God. So uh, uh, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, um, anytime you talk about excellence, you can't really talk about it without at least bringing up Daniel uh, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because uh, the word says that Daniel especially had a spirit of excellence about him, um, you know, going the extra mile, always doing it right, doing the God thing. Daniel is one of the few, if maybe, uh, you know, of all the patriarchs of faith that are mentioned, um, you know, most of the patriarchs of faith, we, you know, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. You, you see the, the times they struggled and the times they succeeded. And praise God for that, amen, right, that we have that in, you know, we have that to go on and lean on because it's for your uh, admonition or your, your teaching or, you know, to show you things, right? Uh, types and shadows and show you things. Amen. So, uh, you know, even though, you know, Abraham was a man of faith, uh, was a father of our faith, I mean, no, he wasn't walking in some, some days. There he wasn't a whole lot of faith being operated in, right? But we see him, and so he takes steps, and as he moved forward in God, amen, he became that man of faith and power. Praise God. Hallelujah. And God did great things for him. And now he goes down in history, at least as far as we're concerned, as the father of our faith. Amen. Amen. So the point being made is that Daniel, uh, we really don't see negatives about Daniel. And not that, you know, you're trying to be, you know, nitpicky of the scriptures and see if we can find bad about Daniel. It's just, it just you don't see that. And this him, Shadrach, uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, uh, they were all, uh, you know, exiled. They're, all, they're really all slaves. Okay, they were stolen. Uh, you know, they were brought over in, into another land, and the king and his 
those that served the king, you know, took these, uh, you know, these men and tried to make, you know, key servants out of them. And so, uh, you know, here we are in a land that's not yours. You basically are, you know, a slave and, you know, taken from your families, taken from your households. And yet in all of this, he still made the decision he's going to do the God thing regardless. Now, a lot of people just be depressed, mad, and, you know, at God and all, you know, you know, why should I serve God? Look what he did to me. Come on, somebody. Even though he didn't, but the point is that that's what a lot of people, they go down that road. Something didn't go bad, and they instantly throw in the towel and give up. Uh, but this man didn't. Uh, neither did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Of course, their names were changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And... Uh, uh, they, they didn't change. They stood their ground. Come on, right? And the word says this, you know, uh, when uh, the king, uh, he, in fact, his, uh, his key, uh, I think his main, main servant, the guy that served, I think what they call like the, the, uh, the, 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 the eunuch that takes care of these guys. Anyway, he said, this is what the king wants, and you take these delicacies. You're supposed to eat this, drink this, do this. And we, we want to train you right how to do this, how to do that, how to do this. And Daniel says, uh, we'd prefer not to do that. You know, according to our God, we really don't want to go down that road. But I uh, tell you what, you know, I know you, uh, you, know, you know, he knew he's a slave, right? So, but he said, listen, how about this? How about you just, uh, uh, you watch us and you watch them and we'll do the God thing. And they can keep doing what the king's asked. And in the end, you know, after so many days, I think he gave him like a 10-day period or some kind of thing. After 10 days, why don't, uh, you know, then you can, uh, you know, take a look at us and determine um, who, who's looking better, right? And, of course, uh, the word says that uh, after 10 days, they realized that this Daniel, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, were shining above the rest of them. And the word said that uh, they had... They were ten times better. That's what Scripture says. Ten times better. So, you know, I always like to look at, you know, excellence is about being ten times better. Now, that's why I, I use it as an illustration because, you know, if you just operate in excellence, it automatically puts you on the top. See? Because you're comparing and you're trying to be better than the next guy or better than the next church or better than the next preacher. It's about just doing all that you're called to do. Be the best that you can be. Let God be God in your life. And I'll guarantee you, you'll be the head and not the tail because most people don't think that way. Most people ain't thinking excellence. You do your business in excellence, you might, you'd be amazed how you end up being the top. Come on, somebody. You do your ministry out of excellence, it's amazing how you rise to the top. Come on, somebody. That's how this stuff works. So the idea is let God be God. Let God be able to, to deal and talk and communicate with you. But the only way that's going to happen is if you're willing to take heed. I said you got to be willing to take heed to yourself. you got to be willing to take a look, and when God begins to talk to you about things, amen, make adjustments. And you're making the adjustments not because of any kind of comparison with somebody else. You're making the adjustments because God's talking to you about it. Can I hear a big amen? Hallelujah. Well, I think you'd rejoice over some of that. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, it was in this uh, that uh, the Spirit of God said that raising the bar, okay, and the only reason I use that phrase is um, it was something that was said in both, um, it was after our VBS and even after our CRI meetings, that was last uh, um, Saturday, and in both those that, that I know of, there were people that came to me and says that you raised the bar, okay, Praise the Lord. The bar was raised. And I believe that in all, in all of our outreaches that we, we uh, I know that uh, hands up and I know uh, our groups, they, they always love it when our groups are there because they raise the bar. We raise the bar not because we're in comparison or trying to do everybody, outdo everybody. Listen, okay. So raising the bar is about excellence. Are you with me? It's about excellence. Not about comparisons, not about competition. It's about just being all that you're called to be. And if you do that, you automatically go to the top. 
You automatically raise the bar. You automatically, amen, it's noticed. Our people, what they've done, their service, amen, their giving, amen, goes to the top. Amen. Amen. We ain't trying to outdo anybody. Because they got their thing, what they're doing, what their part. We got our part. Are you still with me? Amen. But the part that we're going to do, we're taking heed to ourselves. We're going to let God be God. Let God lead. Let God empower. Amen. And if it's God-led and God-empowered, it becomes God-like. Amen. It always looks good and it excels. Can, you, can I hear a big amen? Amen. Give the Lord a praise, somebody. Amen. All right. Now I'm just going to close with this and just say this, that excellence always creates an, a, a quality atmosphere. Amen. That's conducive for God to move. And I believe in any area, as long as we're uh, looking uh, to walk and to, uh, to be, uh, to serve, uh, and all the things that we do, if we do it with excellence, amen, we give God room to move in our life. Give God room to move in our ministry. Give God room to move in our marriage. Give God room to move in our finance, our business, our health. Amen. And so to me, uh, you know, this whole thing, uh, it's not about trying to be better than anybody else or comparing ourselves with anybody just as long as we're better than the next guy or, or we compare ourselves and then we, we end up realizing we're not measuring up and then we get all depressed and, and throw in the towel because we're not where everybody else is. It ain't about any of that about just being all that we're called to be and as long as we're letting God in and we're taking heed to ourselves and every time he communicates with it we make the minor adjustments or tweak this tweak that whatever it is when God's communicating with us I guarantee you, you will always rise to the top and you will be all that you're called to be as the head and not the tail above only and not beneath can I hear a big amen, amen. all right give the Lord a praise one more time praise God want you all stand up I'll pray over you and we'll let you go here praise God Did you get something tonight Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, stress-free living. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Father, once again, I just give you praise for this, uh, the hearers tonight. Thank you, Lord God. They had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. And Father, I just give you praise, glory, and honor. Amen. For what you're working uh, within each and every life here tonight and those listening and watching by internet, Father. We just give you the praise and the glory for it. Father, we thank you. You're the author and the finisher the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and last. So, Father, once again, thank you, hallelujah, that we can be confident that the good work that you began within each and every one of us, you are finishing. For that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.